Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Hope you're doing all right on a Thursday. Husker Baseball, a comeback win. We'll get to it a little bit. Six to five. It, uh, the College of Charleston will check in with Brandon Bogle in a minute. He'll be joining us via the stream. Can watch the show with Hale Varsity YouTube, Hale Varsity Twitter at HVarsity Radio, and of course, uh, ESPN 590. Uh, Omaha's ESPN, that Twitter feed from them, the uh, KFOR Sports Twitter. And you hear us, of course, in central Nebraska on the Superstation News Talk 900 in Columbus as well, 489-1240. So crew uh, dove in, and somehow we got on the topic of ankle bracelets because the joke of Connor going to jail for his 22nd birthday, uh, that was not accurate. Crew says, I've been handcuffed for being mistook for using the bathroom in the back of someone's truck bed outside of the bars, but I was let go. Thank you, officer. Brandon Vogel wonders what he just walked into. That reminds me of a story of another friend of mine here in downtown Lincoln who was walking back to his apartment after a night on the town, and a a police officer pulls up next to him and asks if he's doing all right where he's going to, and he explains the situation. Yes, officer. When the officer says, oh, hey, you want a ride? I can get you a ride to your apartment. He's like, yeah, I almost said his name. Uh, he's like, yeah, sure, I'd, I'd, I'd love a ride. So the officer says, all right, let me just pat you down, make sure you don't have any weapons on you or anything. And he pats him down, puts him in the, the car, and they start driving off. And, and my friend goes, you're going the wrong way. And the officer goes, no, I'm not. And he goes, you're not taking me home, are you? And the officer goes, no. And he's, <laughs> he's been a night in the drunk tank. <laughs> wow. No good. Vogue's uh, no easy way to transition. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, sounds like I'm doing better than Elijah's friend was yes, that night, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Vogue's big night for Nebraska. We'll stay with Ohio State, Nebraska here. Get your thoughts on this uh, matchup before we get into uh, a recent pod appearance and the topic again, a home field advantage. But home field's been great, PBA per se, for Nebraska basketball, 17-1. and one. It's not been so great for Nebraska football. They look to to fix that. But first things first, how about a second road win for Fred and company tonight in conference? It would be pretty big. Um, Nebraska, you know, a slight underdog in this game, um, probably a slight underdog for the last time in the regular season. They should be favored. It's certainly at home over Rutgers and over Michigan on on the road in the the regular season finale. So this is kind of the one where – when we were looking at it maybe a week or two out, you know, you're like, ah, that, that one might be kind of tough. Nebraska's played really well of late. So I kind of view this as a, a, a little bit of maybe bump the ceiling up a tiny bit um, because I think at this point um, nothing's changed from, from the last time I spoke to you guys. Like I, I would say at this point Nebraska's pretty safely in, and I think most of the projections say that uh, in, in terms of the NCAA tournament. This becomes then an opportunity to to show that Nebraska's not just in, but maybe they're closing the regular season on a, on a real run of momentum here. Um, 
and and then we can stop worrying about uh, stop. Well, with a win tonight, you stop worrying about. I think is is Nebraska in? Do they have the resume to be there? To like, could this team do something in the NCAA tournament other than just get there? It's Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and Brandon, one of the things that Connor brought up, and it might be on the team's mind tonight, is is it win tonight in your lock for the NCAA tournament? Is that the, the place you're at with another quad one opportunity tonight? And obviously, a loss against Michigan or a loss against Rutgers wouldn't look great, but you think that the resume that they've built, combined with another quad one victory tonight, might be enough. Do you, do you feel the same? I do. I, I mean, I think <clears throat> I think getting to, to 21 wins, you know, based on some of the models that are out there, is kind of the point where things tip pretty definitively in, in Nebraska's in favor. And and they're right on the cusp of that. They've got three chances left to, to get that, that remaining win. Um, and to do it tonight against a quad one team uh, would, would be, would be, would be a bonus. Um, and, you know, it, like, I don't know how much the, the committee ends up looking at this, but they flashed it during Nebraska's last game. You know, the absence of quad three or four losses, um, I think, speaks to speaks to where this team is, too. Um, so not in any danger of that tonight. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of all upside from from my perspective uh, for the Huskers tonight. In Columbus. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. I was watching some things earlier today, and the topic of Fred Hoiberg being Big Ten Coach of the Year is quite a popular one on the hardwood. Uh, would you agree that he is the front runner? I, I think so. Um, you know, it, it showed up during during the Huskers' last game too. Uh, ben Jacobson probably will have will have some support. Um, but for for Hoiberg, you know, when you stack all of his seasons to this point, and it's it's been kind of a, a strange and twisty and turry ride um, over his time at Nebraska, but. You just look at it. The win total has increased each year, um, culminating in this year so far. I, now, I, it it takes some special circumstances at a lot of places. I think for a coach to be in, you know, year five before before you're kind of knocking on the tournament door. But he, here they are, um, and and I think Nebraska has this Nebraska team. When we look at the parts it had in the off season, um, new players, returning players, etc. I think it was clear, at least to me, that, that Hoiberg liked the potential of this team. I think they're close to maximizing like what they're what they're capable of at this point. Um, and and if you can do that, uh, that's that's the recipe for coach of the year contention in any sport. I think. Vogues, uh, you were on a podcast this week, uh, and and they were talking about your story uh, when it comes to to home field. What what's your your feeling here? Why is Nebraska so good, apples and oranges at home in basketball, but why has it been less than uh, difficult? It, it it's probably been difficult, but the results haven't looked that way for Nebraska at home at Memorial Stadium. Yeah, it's a <clears throat> it's a tough one to answer. I would. The thing that I would point to, or at least theorize, is, you know, the difference in history between the two programs. Like, Pinnacle Bank Arena is still new enough, and it's just a nice place to go to go watch a basketball game. It's convenient in terms of its location. 
um, at, in Nebraska, of course, has never lacked for fan support for, for any sport. But when you when you look at the Huskers as the only kind of major major basketball team that hasn't won an NCAA tournament game, um, you kind of go into those games, I think, a little bit freer. Nebraska uh, football has so many expectations, um, all earned uh, based on their their storied history, that I think the mindset's just different when you go to a Husker football game, particularly of late. And you've had so many close losses, you kind of, uh, it's a little like basketball. In basketball, through its history, you're ready for, you're waiting for the other foot to drop. Football, it seems strange to have that kind of sense of panic if you're of a certain age um, and, and lived through, you know, sort of at least pieces of the Osborne era, um, much less anything beyond that. Like, I think it's just, there's so much more tension around football. Um, playing at home that just doesn't exist for basketball, I don't think. Well, Brent, as you talk home field advantage as well, does the the plans, the the, the demolition and, and construction of South Stadium, does that make you feel better about home field advantage in the future? It's lowering the, the capacity of Memorial Stadium, but you might get some seats that are closer to the stadium, that, that student section move closer to the stadium. Is that good for uh, the, the environment of Memorial Stadium? Is it bad for it? Time will tell. What's your take there? Um, I think it, it has the potential to be to be a positive. Um, I definitely don't look at it as as a negative. Um, and I mean, I guess if we're talking about, you know, a 10 year look back of Nebraska's performance relative to expectations at home, um, maybe changing something is good. I mean, ultimately, I think the only thing that that kind of flips the, the home field advantage a little bit back on for Nebraska in football is is simply winning winning some big some big games there in particular i mean you're always going to schedule you know uh, a handful of games non-conference that you're, you're probably going to win and nebraska still has won those for the most part yeah they lost to troy and they lost to georgia southern and, and northern illinois um but for the most part they still win those games they just don't play quite as well as expected based on based on the numbers that are out there um but when's the last one, last like big home game Nebraska's won uh, in, in terms of football? Oregon? Sparty. In, in, in 2015, when yeah, you were that's what, nine, four? And, yeah, I mean, you, you, it's nine years, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and in terms of ranking, it certainly was. But it was kind of like, that was kind of like, oh, you know, this was a nice dessert at the end of a – of a meal that wasn't all that great. Um, you know, so at least we got, at least we got Try the same good coffee. <laughs> oh, that's um, ice cream. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think you can go Oregon 2016. I mean, that was a college yeah, that, football playoff that, team. They beat in 2015. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably close with what we knew about those two teams then. And, and, you know, Nebraska would go on to have a good 2016. Oregon would not, but that, that felt like a pretty big game. I mean, there's just, there's, there's not an easy one to point to. Like we have to kind of like throw out candidates and like, well, what, what if we talk about this one? And I think that's the point, like, um, because what you want home field to be is even if you're a program that's maybe struggling a little bit or in the midst of, you know, a, a rebuild, you would hope that you can, you can just, knock one of these teams off at home, even if you're not quite there yet, even if it's a little bit lucky, which I guess is kind of what, what that Michigan state one win was in 2015. 
One more thing, one more difference between Pinnacle Bank Arena and Memorial Stadium, Brandon, alcohol. You have yeah. bars very close to Pinnacle Bank Arena and beer sales inside the arena. You have to sneak yours in, Vogues, to, to Memorial Stadium. Uh, let's not say you. Let's say one would have to. Right. Well, <laughs> Vogues never had to sneak anything in. Uh, so I, I, I'm interested. That That is – I just wonder. It would be fun to to do a straw poll next Big Ten media, ten media days, even with the new look, Big Ten, and say, all right, do, do you – Think of Nebraska as a place, man, I don't ever want to go back there and play again. And that's been a long, long time since that's probably been in the back of somebody's mind, an opponent. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would agree. Um, it's, uh, and it's, it's, it's hard because the places, you know, it's always full. Um, people are there. They're excited. They're, they're ready to, like, have an impact on the game. And so often, like, it's just, it's, it's been hard um, in terms of how a lot of those games have unfolded. A, a lot of times it feels like that opportunity doesn't even exist. Vogues, two minutes on the other side. I need to hear about Connor Reed. Can you hang on? Sure. All right. It's Brandon Vogel. Uh, we'll be back after this. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Bar City. Gary Barnett coming up in 25 minutes. Thoughts on the college football playoff shakeup. Vogues, I know you wrote about uh, 14 being that new number with the college football playoff. And uh, you've got your uh, your automatic qualifiers. And the Big Ten and I think the, the TV mind with Petiti will rub off on the SEC. Uh, with those automatic qualifiers, making sure there is must-see TV regular season. And you go to 14. I know we're hop-skipping and jumping from 12, but 14 is that NFL model uh, with your AFC-NFC title game, and uh, you'll get your best runner-up in the conference title game as it looks, and your uh, participant and your conference champion winner. Man, what do you think of this smoke with uh, with Notre Dame and A&M and uh, expansion here is they are uh, moving towards 14 uh, before the, the ink is dry for 12. <laughs> yeah, I don't love it. Um, so <laughs> I can't, I can't be surprised. The, like the entire history of the sport is, is one of being essentially ungoverned in which the, the powerful uh, continue to, to tilt the field to get more powerful. I mean, look, I went back and analyzed the previous 10 years uh, of college football playoff rankings, you know, looking at it as if we had a 12 team playoff and found then, you know, the big 10 and the sec are basically going to average four. So it's like, well, what if we expand this to 14? Um, and instead of just knowing we're probably going to get, we're going to get three teams in every year in, in the sec and the big 10. Uh, what if we could get four? Um, that's going to happen most of the time. It's like, let's legislate into the game that we get three every year. Um, and you know, the, the revenue split, like the tough thing with this 14 team proposal that's out there is like, kind of can't argue with it. It's like, yeah, the big 10 and the sec are providing the most value, but it just like, it's, it's further professionalization mm-hmm. in, in my mind, which uh, as somebody who doesn't watch a ton of NFL, cause it just doesn't appeal to me that much. Like uh, I, I feel bad for kind of like the remaining half to two thirds of the sport 
that so clearly with this proposal just doesn't matter. It's just like you, you don't have the leverage to make any of these calls. Like it's it's the Big Ten, the SEC. Uh, we'll throw an extra spot in for the ACC and the Big 12, which they'll be happy with because, hey, it's an extra spot. Vogues, let's uh, wrap up here. Rule would have had a couple of his Baylor teams in the playoff, correct? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think just just the one, just 2019 mm-hmm. would have made it. The one that lost to Oklahoma uh, in the Big 12 title game, is that o- right? Okie State or? Oklahoma State, right, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that one, that one, I think, I think that one would have, that team would have made it. Um, and then, well, his temple teams in his final year, there was what, I don't know, 2016, um, his temple teams weren't, I don't think close enough to, to get that automatic G five spot. Um, they got outranked basically by, by some other top ranked G five champion in, in those years, but yeah, he would have been there once. What's coming up with Counter Read? Tell us how folks can get locked in with it and what you do. Yeah, you can just visit us at counterread.com. It's a twice weekly Substack newsletter from myself and Aaron Sorensen. Um, twice weekly for for paid subscribers. Uh, we also put out a couple of free free pieces each week if you want to test us out. Um, I've got a free piece coming tomorrow. That's um, kind of a discussion starter uh, because I've been puzzling over this. I don't know who Nebraska's best football player is in 2024. And I don't know why that's important to me, um, but I think it's an important question. So kind of kind of put that out to put that out to our readers uh, and hopefully start a discussion and, uh, and write a little bit more about that next week. That is an interesting. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote Ty. He's, he's in there. My, my, my real dark horse um, and, and, and to define this, like, um, sorry, not to take up too much. More no, time. dude, you, uh, you, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta pull the, pull the plug on as you go for it. You take all the time you need. <laughs> um, you, you know, it's, it's the guy that, that opposing coaching staffs have to worry about. They're like, oh gosh, this guy, he's, he's still there. We got to deal with that. I think Robinson's in that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think Hopmacher's in that conversation. I think Tommy Hill might be in that conversation but it's interesting because i kind of went through this process which you can read about tomorrow uh yeah get signed up for the newsletter good. um it was easy back in uh you know sue in 2009 probably <laughs> prince in 2010 david in in 2011 though mm-hmm. taylor martinez would have gotten a lot of a lot of run for that too. Amir, twenty fourteen. Well, and what's interesting about this discussion is I think Randy Gregory, twenty four. I think the individual who might be the best on the team right now may not be the best on the team come week four of the season with how Matt Roll and his development works. He looks at look at what Jalen Lloyd put together at the end of last season. What does he look like with another offseason development? Is he now a guy that is uh, a true threat to Big Ten defenses? Could get in that argument. Prince will. Did really, really well last year in his opportunities. Could that be a guy that by midseason is now a guy that's leading the defense? There's there's other options besides the names that are, are kind of obvious of the guys that were really big contributors last year. Yeah, it's it's an interesting question to consider. So uh hopefully hopefully we'll get some conversation around that and uh we got time to get it figured out before before spring football starts. So it's uh it's interesting, you know. Some some teams you just you have that guy where it's like, well, there you go. It's it's him. Uh, and Nebraska in 2024, I don't think, is a team that, that I can say that um, about yet. Vogues, we'll check in on Saturday. Thanks for a few minutes today. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. Good stuff from Brandon Vogel. Get him locked up with Counter Reed. 
Connorreed.com, him and Aaron Sorensen, awesome stuff as always. I tell you what, how have we made it this far in the offseason and not gotten to that question of who is the best player on the it's a it's such a basic question, but it's kind of you skip right over. You don't really think about it. It's the polar bear because he's awesome. That's sure. My, well, that's I mean, my reasoning. You've got two game wreckers on the interior. Mm-hmm. And it all starts on the line. Well, well, there's a quote from Searles a couple years ago that what the Husker defense was looking for, and this is back in the Frost era, was a guy that all offenses in their week of game prep have to circle mm-hmm. and say, if we don't take care of this guy, we're screwed. Does Nebraska have that next season with the combination of Ty and Nash? I don't think either of them necessarily are you that. Take, you take one out. I mean, think about when, when Sue had Crick next to him mm-hmm. or, or vice versa. I mean, both. Sua went for 12 and a half sacks. Crick went for eight and a half or nine. He had four or five against Baylor, I think, was player of the, of, of the week, national player of the week, because, well, we're going to put the whole damn line blocking Sue, so Jared Crick is going to go off. I remember that game, because that was one of the last Husker games that was on pay-per-view. That's right. <laughs> that was a thing? No, know it was. You don't, it you, was on the Versus Network. You had to pay for it. Yeah, oh our, 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 our old friend, friend uh, the quarterback, Kelly, helped me out here. Kelly uh, from, uh, from, from Rushville, Nebraska. Kelly Stoffer. Yeah, Stoffer started out doing his stuff on Versus. And it used to I be forgot like, about the Versus Network. That's <laughs> crazy. And it used to be like pay-per-view for Nebraska's crappy non-con games against like Louisiana Lafayette. But Baylor was one of the last ones where it was still pay-per-view because Baylor was really, really bad that year. Before every and any game was on whatever plus network. And, you know, I remember dropping – I had to to really lobby as a kid to 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 watch Nebraska Oklahoma because Oklahoma and Oklahoma State got a two year TV ban <laughs> for cheating and uh, yeah I, I wanted to see uh, Jerry Gadowski's last game he's Nebraska's quarterback for a year after Steve Taylor the really good team that just didn't have enough against Colorado and Florida State but. Yeah, we had to drop the twenty five ninety nine down to, to watch Nebraska pay-per-view versus Oklahoma. We'll wind down hour one at Tail Varsity Radio.